Welcome back to another episode of Passionate Conversations on a Casual Level. We're your hosts, I'm Brandy. And I'm Justin. Something Justin and I have in common is that we both are children of divorced or separated parents. Yeah, we really wanted to dig into this conversation around the effects for children who see their parents split. Does divorce perpetuate itself across generations? We ask these questions and more relating to our own family. But first, let's get passionate. What's going on? Trying to get back on track. Yeah. Is what's going on. Yeah, I think we have these multiple weekends where we're doing things and having those two, three days of being off track, it definitely impedes the progress. It does. And I feel like we've talked about this in the past. For sure. And I think it's good to continue to talk about because... Undoubtedly, other people have to be going through these same things. Right. And life (laughs) happens. Yeah. I think we can plan things out as much as we want and um, have goals and try and meet certain deadlines. And, you know, we're doing well for so long and then there's something that happens and... um, Ultimately, so, you're going to get knocked off track. Um, yeah, but I, what I think for us, so I'll speak on my experience with kind of our routine and what we've been doing. I think it's helped because we now have a habit that's been formed where we wake up every morning right. between 4.30 and 4.45. And it's helped because we both are hold, trying to hold each other accountable. Yeah, because if we don't get up, we're genuinely uh disappointed in ourselves yes it's not even like ah well at least i got to sleep in right right it's not like oh that felt so good or and i think kit because we have young kids yeah and we know like i i weigh my options like all right i can get up right now and feel great and get my workout in or i can sleep for maybe 30 minutes before camden wakes up and if i stay in bed it's probably going to be on me to get them. So I should just get up. You should just get up (laughs) because if you stay, it's, you know. Yeah, it's not. The pleasure I'm going to get out of staying is not really there. (laughs) Right, right. And I think what had knocked us down in the past with our routine is adjusting to Camden's schedule. Yeah. So I think for a while he was sleeping in until about like 6, 37 o'clock. Yeah. So we had we no issues. Yeah, we had no issues getting up early and doing what we had to do. Then he started waking up earlier and earlier. And then, you know, neither one of us wanted to make a certain like noise, big noise to yeah. wake him up because so we just fell into a routine of sleeping in and waiting for him to be our alarm clock, basically. Yeah. But now I want to say in the last like month, we've been waking up. Yep. I have been um, doing my morning routine, which I have talked about. Um, and something new I incorporated in the routine is this priority planner mm-hmm. that I actually got about three to four months ago. And I'm just now using it in the last month. So it's it's basically a daily planner um, while also being an intentional planner. <laughs> So think about like your normal day-to-day calendar planner that you get. Um, Now add like an intentional aspect to it. So it's a pretty big planner. 
Um, it looks really nice. And I have to be honest, I was really intimidated when I first got it. And yeah. I attempted to use it the first time. And I think I tried to just throw it in the middle of the day and start filling things out. So it has a page for your month to put out all the big mile markers, things that possibly might throw you off track. Right. Um, which is actually pretty nice um, because you can have all these goals. And then like for us, just putting in things like, you know, getaway weekends, like that may throw us off. Yeah. And also you have your weekly plan. So you um, talk about your big commitments, your big deals for the week. Um, and then it just kind of goes into more detail um, with empowering beliefs. And um, it just really adds another layer yeah. of intentionality. I think, I mean, just hearing you talk about it, I don't use the same planner and I rarely use planners. Just I think it's out of um, kind of ignorance. Yeah. You know, um, but that's like exciting to hear. It's like, whoa, you know, what what can throw me off? What are my big goals this month? It, it actually sounds like it'd be super helpful. Yes. So I and, can imagine how it's helping you. Oh, it's been helping me tremendously. And what I really love about it, though, is it has a page for your weekly uh, review. So it asks questions like, you know, what tasks or accomplishments um, did you plan on that didn't happen? Yeah. What what got in the way? Right. Um, and then it just kind of forces you to look back on what you actually planned on doing that you didn't do. Yeah. Or maybe you realized, you know, I don't want to put my focus on that. I want to focus on this. Um, and I th just think it's so important to decompress from the week, from your goals and just start with like your intentions for the next week. Yeah. And I think it's super important to keep all those ideas in the rotation, you know, because, oh, I didn't accomplish this. Let's push it to the next week instead of, I know myself, I have all these grandiose ideas that mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then something pops up and you know, a new idea comes up and maybe one falls off without me even knowing it, you know? Right. So I think that's, that's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it, it helps me to stay ahead of what's going on. Like, I feel like I have an advantage. No, I. <laughs> over my life <laughs> because I'm not just like waiting for life to happen and figure it out. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's how most people, especially self-employed people like myself, it's yeah hard to not, um, you know, just kind of go fly by seat of your pants when you have a job and you have a boss, it's kind of like, well, I'll show up and the rest will take care of itself. Right, right. So, so you have a panda planner. Are you yes. going to be using that again? Or are you going to? Well, you got me intrigued with what you're talking about. The panda planner is pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot more. Yours seems like a lot more in depth. So I'd like to take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that means. <laughs> Buy it for me. <laughs> I will. I will. Awesome. Don't worry. Well, guys, we are discussing a little heavier topic today. We're talking about the topic of divorce. And, and separation. And separation. Brandy and I both come from divorced or separated parents um, a lot sooner in your life than me. We're almost kind of the opposite um, in many ways. Right. And disclaimer here we're not advocating for anyone to not get divorced or to not separate 
this is not merely about... a reflection of what we've experienced and the research we've done. Um, but of course, you know, people in a toxic relationship or, or something that's unhealthy or um, violent, of course, you know, when there's no other option, we understand and, yeah. and, <laughs> and we, we kinda... advocate for healthy breakups, of course. Yes. And I think marriage has evolved. Since, Absolutely. You know, um, since it's been around. So we'll, we'll get into all of that. So what we're going to talk about first is kind of what Justin mentioned about how um, our journeys are different and that the age that our parents split up are like total opposite. Yeah. So How young were you when your parents I was one. separated? Okay. One. So you had no recollection of this None. happening. I think you discussed it before where you never, you don't even have a memory where they're uh, actually together. Correct. Yeah. How right. about you? Yeah. I believe it was either late 16 or early 17 years old. So oh, wow. I essentially was, you know, completing high school. And um, I don't think that I had a good grasp on who I was at the moment. But still, I, I think all of my key attributes as a human had been developed. So definitely like complete polar opposites. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about it. Definitely. And what I wanted to break down was the different ages of kids that see their parents split and mm -hmm. the effects that ha that these um you know these thing hard things to see um what they have gone through yes and so i did some research and wanted to share some insightful information about it so basically when you ask you know if there's an age to divorce like what is it what's the best age mm. so the short answer is that this divorce or separation is hard for all ages right like it, there's no age that it does not affect and like for myself i was one so it didn't affect me at the time yeah um but we'll talk about a little bit about how um it's affected me kind of in my adulthood adulthood or... and just raising my own family right so why don't we start there with kids under three so I think many parents think, don't worry, you know, they won't remember it. Yeah, or might as well do it while they're young. Exactly, exactly. Um, and what the experts say is that it, if you are going to do it at this age, that it's best for there to be a routine because at this age, like babies and toddlers, they thrive on routine. Right. So if you can keep that, um, going. So like for me, when I was one, obviously I don't remember, but what I do remember is that early, like maybe preschool age, right. um, I was going to see my dad like every weekend or every other weekend. There weren't that many interruptions to okay. my life. So you're saying you were in a decent routine at that time. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so now we go into preschool age, which is age three to five. And if at this age, if kids are seeing their parents fight, um, it might feel scary for them. Yeah. And um, so you'll just notice some of the effects like having trouble sleeping or they may just feel like out of control. Mm. Um, and they know that you have 
a younger brother and an older brother. Right. Like, did you see, and because I know you were 16, 17, but did you see any effects like with them at all? With yeah. the, uh, their different age, age groups? Older brother, I think, was similar to me where at least immediately there wasn't, you know, a, a noticeable effect. But my younger brother was, I think, between 10 and 12 at the time and definitely had an effect on him. And I think you're going to go into that age group shortly, but um, I think he, he was already kind of to himself and this, I think drove him to be a little bit more reclusive than what he was before. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Um, so we then go into elementary school age, 6 to 12. So this is arguably the hardest age children deal with the separation or divorce of their parents. The hardest? Yeah. It's the hardest because they're old enough to remember all the good things yeah. that they had as a family unit. And they're old enough to understand more complex feelings around like whose fault mm. it is. And this just reminds me of a, you guys know, we're watching The Sopranos. We're almost done with it. <laughs> and last night we were watching an episode where, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. So if you haven't watched <laughs> and you plan on watching, just skip ahead maybe a minute or so. Yeah. Um, but why don't you tell them about a little, you know, what happened and the kids, I think their reactions to it were interesting. Yeah. Um, well, they... This is like end of season four. Uh, they decide that they're going to get a divorce. And yeah, the kids were just kind of blindsided and and they were just feeling really sad. You could see it on their face and kind of like taking. I remember the son in the episode was like taking sides with his dad. Right. Or, he asked to live with him. Yeah. And then once he found out that tony was moving out that it was best aj got really sad and was like is it because i asked you yeah you know looking at blaming themselves right um not to talk too much about sopranos but they ha um so there's two kids aj and then there's meadow who is i guess you would say college age in the show yeah she's like early 20s but yeah and then you just see her having a flashback of how she acted yeah like a little brat. <laughs> There's never any food in this house. Yeah. And, Slams the fridge and walks away. Yeah. And so she just is crushed by, you know, we take we take our um what we have for granted and you know how um silly those things can be, like with that kind of situation. Yeah. I mean I can only imagine that that age group is is tough. I just think about our daughter and you know all she knows is our, our team, our family unit, and, you know, all the fun things we've done. So I could only imagine right now, like, delivering that news to her. It would just be terrible, you know? Yeah. But, so what they say is the impact of what happens during this age can lead to depression or their future well-being. So things like um becoming withdrawn uncommunicative um that could be an effect a lasting effect from it yeah yeah and uh 
best case scenario is to have two loving, active, and supportive parents, um, which I believe I had growing up to a certain extent because I say that because we moved. So I didn't have my dad as an act, like in an active role as mm -hmm. much as he was when we, when we lived a lot closer. Mm. Um, so I think it was, yeah, it w obviously I had like a father figure as well with my mom. Um, you're talking about you had a stepfather as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So now we talk about teenagers and um, this is interesting because we kind of go into your age group <laughs> right. of right. when this happened to you. Yeah. And I remember my parents, you know, my dad was always working quite often and I remember some good times, you know, when they were younger as far as their good times. Um, but in my early teens, really, I can recall mostly dysfunction, you know, not a lot of connection. Between um, your parents? Yeah, there was just more disagreements and, you know, they, they just weren't, they weren't getting along. And the, to me, the writing was kind of on the wall, you know, mm -hmm. that this was probably, I mean, I, I don't know that I was comprehending this at 17 or 16, but... I wasn't surprised to say the least. And I how, think. Can I ask you, how did they approach it? It's a good question. And maybe I don't remember because it was, there was a lack of it or there was a lack of communication or, um, or my mind, you know, wanted me to forget, but oh, okay. I, you don't I don't know, to be honest. I think, I think there was a discussion, a sit down, but. I, I mm, you got me on that one. Yeah. So, I was just curious because I obviously don't remember. Right. But. Right. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think there was a formal discussion, but. Yeah. No, I'll but like to, you were. I'll have to ask. <laughs> get some insight. <laughs> yeah. To your point about the writing being on the wall, I did see a lot that teenagers have a sense of relief mm. because they they do understand a lot more and they're less likely to feel at fault for any of it and also they're more self-centered so they're more worried about their life outside the yeah. home and that's probably <laughs> to your point why i don't remember any discussion because uh, you can imagine at 16 17 it, it's it was all about justin yeah yeah right right and exactly so teenagers worry more about their social lives and how that'll change like if you know if there was going to be a move if you know then maybe that can spark some yeah some emotions around something it. to think about too is like depending on social status like we weren't like super involved in the school community or anything, but I mean, I can imagine, you know, if there is a tight knit, uh, whether it be church, whether it be school, whether it be, you know, after school functions, um, I could see that being like another factor too to consider. No, that's true. Yeah. And so you just, I was just thinking about your school, you 
finished basically high school with your parents together or? I uh, know I was senior year, I believe. So did you move or? No, just, yeah, we were like... able to stay in the house where we were and finish up. But then shortly after I graduated, then we ended up moving. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. So our next point that we wanted to bring up um, was how successful are the marriages of the children of divorces right like us yeah so you know coming from either divorced or separated parents how likely is it that we will divorce or that we won't make it you know yeah so i found this so fascinating like all of the um sort of theories that right. have been thrown out so through research divorce perpetuates itself across generations Nicholas Wolfinger at the University of Utah started studying this subject in the early 1990s. He found people with divorced parents are disproportionately likely to marry other people with divorced parents, and couples in which both partners are children of divorce are more likely to get divorced than couples in which just one person is. Ooh. What do you think about that? I mean, you got the stats. I do, but what are you? What are your feelings about that? Because, yeah, well, we both are, you know, children of both our parents are separated. Yeah. But I don't know if it makes a difference, like because we were at totally opposite ages. Yeah, that this happened. And I think I think we have to consider like the grounds of the divorce too, right? Like, uh, I think a lot of divorces happen um, because of lying, because of cheating because of you know someone being addicted to a substance or alcohol um so considering both of our situations i don't think that you know that was a major theme uh in the divorce so it makes me think like all right we have a healthy relationship um yeah. so it, and it's taken us a while <laughs> yeah exactly but we both know we're not going anywhere and we're not doing anything to threaten the marriage right um so i it's okay like of course the stat is like oh my gosh right like right i think it's designed to make you feel like scared yeah scared yeah. or like oh my god now we're gonna get now divorced. we're yeah like yeah. somehow we inherited right this but, curse but just because that that's what it is i think even more reason to get close with your partner and talk about the potential pitfalls of your relationship. So right. That's and what I think. yeah, and to your point, you know, all couples fight. Yeah. And depending on your upbringing and and what you saw when your parents split up, there may have been a different message around commitment. Right. So that may play a role in it. Um, and Linda Nielsen, a professor at Wake Forest University who studies father-daughter relationships, found that fathers can help their daughters build confidence in themselves, and this confidence serves them well when selecting their partners. So the reason that I put this, I wanted to say this, um, is because when parents split up, like, there are times when there's just one single parent and the other parent is, for whatever reason, not involved. And if it happens to be the father, this is what studies show mm. that because there was not a father-daughter relationship, 
that their confidence to choose their next partner in their life, you know, it plays a role in that. Right. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, that's good to know. I think, you know, I have a super close relationship with our daughters. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it, it makes sense, right? It does. Having that security blanket uh, in your life makes you feel confident in your choices. And I guess if it's not there, then it's natural to question. Yeah, and the relationship that you had with your mom, too, I would imagine plays a role in, like, how you move forward in your relationships, right? Yeah, and navigate. Absolutely. Yeah. Reasons people get divorced over time has evolved. Oh, really? Yes. So I can't imagine why. <laughs> so, yeah, the idea of ending the marriage becomes less scandalous. Many couples today are choosing to get divorced over issues that couples in previous generations might have chosen to live with. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think religion has a lot to do with that. And you think so? Yeah, I think that if you were getting married in the 60s, 70s, 50s, 40s, yeah, um, it, it was not only religion, but social pressure as well. Um, in a good way, right? Everyone's got your back. Everyone's encouraging you to stay together. Um Whereas, of course, that might have been detrimental to some people that needed to get out of bad relationships. But exactly. it was a big, uh, it was taboo to, to get divorced. Yeah. Um, so it's just more accepted. But along the same lines, it's almost too accepted. And You think you know, it is? Absolutely. You think it's too accepted now? I to think get so. Because, I mean, if you look at it, all of the, and, and there's nothing, like we said, there's nothing against it. But if you look at, like, you remember when Britney Spears just got married to like some person and then they divorced like a weekend after yeah. like mm -hmm. that kind of Well, she wasn't in her right state of mind. Of course. Yeah. And I'm not judging her and I'm just saying <laughs> that the tabloids like ran with that story and blasted it out to everyone and Oh, so you think and that And at some level some 14, 15, influence. 16 year old girl saw that and it maybe became okay for her like, oh, or him, you know, a guy. Oh, you could just get married a weekend and break up, you know, divorce the next weekend. Like just that would have never been a tablet in the 50s, oh, 60s, right, 70s. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. They would have buried that. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. And thinking about what I've learned about marriage through our premarital counseling, through just different, um, different thought leaders marriage has definitely evolved and the concept of divorce isn't what it used to be mm -hmm. i am seeing more and more people consciously separate as they say i think that's the term mm -hmm. but where they're like consciously like deciding together we're not going to be together and then they still they co-parent together they spend the holidays together with their kids yeah i think that's where it's different for sure. Now. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, you're right. It is accepted. I don't know that I agree that it's too accepted. Um, I think what I, and what I'm trying to say, if I could backtrack on that, is the culture around just 
for like a man, right? It, it's cool to be with multiple women or, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's socially accepted is, you know, it's cool if you have a lot of women that are attracted to you, like just that kind of social pressure with, with social media in particular. Um, I think that's, that's what I mean as far as like accepted, right? Like that's almost, it's like a point of, a point of pride for most men, you know what I mean? And I don't think that that's something that's really changed. I think it's just more celebrated now. Um, yeah. Whereas like, it's just, how about, how about how hard it is to be, um, you know, a one woman man, how about we celebrate that? And what do you mean a one woman man? Being with your wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and not, you know, not surrendering to temptations. Like right. that should be something that like is celebrated, but you know, it's just not, that's not. No, I know. So but- I think it's just, it's been normalized. Like I said, it's not really the divorce. It's, it's the culture around the world and around uh, the divorce or around the relationship that's creating more of these uh, situations. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Thanks for clearing that up. You got it. <laughs> so what do I'll you find a one woman man again later? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about now raising our, our own family and kind of our experiences that we've had? Yeah, I think there's long-term effects of separation and divorce. Uh, mainly the thing that comes to mind is like holidays, right? Like if yeah. you come from a two family or, or separated or divorced family, and of course, you know, more than likely your parent is probably married again and there's a whole new family, uh, <laughs> you're obligations on holidays can be quite daunting especially if everyone lives in the same area exactly you know i feel like i can talk to this point because my parents were separated so young so like when i was so young that that's all i knew was spending holidays rotating holidays was the norm like oh i spend christmas with my mom this year so that means I'm going to spend Christmas with my dad next year. Yeah. And I've kind of carried that into my adulthood. And when I got married, I mean, even before we got married, we had, you know, Lily, um, just started thinking and feeling like, geez, like, why do I have to be at so many places? (laughs) Like, when is it ever going to just be like, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, not like, Oh, because we spent, this holiday last year, then it automatically means we're going to be at this ho- this person, you know, yeah. parents' house this year. Right. Um, and I think it comes from me not having, um, me not wanting to speak up to rock the boat when I grew up, yeah. like growing up. I um, just thought it's easier to go with the flow. Right. Um, and so now kind of learning more about myself and, and what I want to create with our kids is I want to create more of fun memories. And um, I think that's why it's so important for me to have like experiences as a family. And um, I do remember 
when I first started feeling these feelings, I brought it up to uh, my mom and my stepdad. And um, they did get a little defensive and was like, we never made you do anything you don't want to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like, and that's to be expected, right? I think parents um, can feel attacked or like, oh, for sure. you know, and, and it's not their fault. Like, but I did have to speak up and like, I, I did put a line in the sand at that moment and said, from now on, there's not going to be any holiday expectations right, from me. Right, right, right. Um, I just wanted to start fresh. Yeah. And at that moment, I did decide in my head, I'm not going to be spending holidays with other family members other than mine, basically. Um, and I, I think I decided that because it was like the only thing that felt good. Um, that felt like the next natural step. Yeah. And then I remember, I think it was like that year after, I don't know what we did, but we weren't with like family, I would say. Um, I don't know. I, I craved my family. Yeah. I like wanted to still be with, it wasn't like, I didn't want to be with you guys anymore, but I guess I didn't know how to handle my, my process of right. thinking, you know, now that I have my family, I want to do things different and, sure. you know, so, um, they've kind of been along for that ride. Yeah. And we've, I feel like we've done a good job actually of bringing all of our family together and on several, on several occasions, you yeah. know, whether it's, separated or divorced i mean my parents are able to get together your parents are able to get together and and not be a thing yeah so. so the first time that my parents have gotten together that i remember seeing at like a an event was at our baby shower yeah for lily right and it was i remember just like all right it's happening like <laughs> i i didn't want to have two baby showers Since like one year old it never happened and then 25 26 years yeah. later mm -hmm. yeah. exactly i think we made a choice that we didn't want to do double no and and, and your that's parents... just like and, and to me it would be kind of like not enabling because it's not like i don't know if they were you know if anyone was anyone's relationship they're not open or open to getting together but your fear of that is only gonna like continue to stalk that fire and and you know keep that separation so if you can set the expectation early on that like yeah. hey this is what i want and if you guys can't do it then you're all gonna miss out exactly exactly know? yeah and i think though too you had an interesting experience with your parents because you kind of assumed that you one of your parents wouldn't want to be yeah. you know, at the baby shower. Yeah, I think it was the the baby shower and I had invited my mom and I think I was super excited for my mom to come and out of more like fear that her and my dad couldn't be together. And it was, I think it was more me being protective of my mom because I know- Like you don't want your mom to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't invite my dad. And, you know, later on, he but like, you didn't think it was a big deal, right? No, because my dad is, he's very, um, he's kind of callous. He's, he's hard. You know, I mm -hmm. didn't really think, I, I don't know. I didn't really consider his feelings. Right. But 
I didn't think he would want to come, to be honest, mm-hmm. or, or I didn't know that he would show up. Um, but later on, you know, he basically called me out on it. And I remember feeling like an asshole thinking like, damn, like I didn't even consider his feelings. Like you made a choice for him. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, but that was something that, you know, I regretted. And now anytime there's any kind of event, small or big, I know that my parents are okay to be together yeah Um, and you know but yeah i think your example is like you just said screw it and it's going to happen sooner or later um but for me it was more like i was the one trying to take the easy way out i think to to protect either myself or my mom right uh, from that and and it didn't end up working out someone got hurt and that's that's not what you of course like you don't want to cause any any yeah. pain for them so right but if anybody listening that is has a similar situation i think being transparent is is never gonna you know put you in the wrong direction um so yeah with that what also has helped me and us is this book that i wanted to share um that is called Life from Scratch, Family Traditions that Start with You. And you've seen Uh-oh. it. <laughs> and um, it's basically like a year-long guide of, um, of Vanessa Lachey. If you haven't heard of her, she's um, she was like an MTV VJ. She's married to Nick Lachey. They have three kids. And, 98 degrees. Yep. And... Um, Basically, her mom left her when she was nine. So she's um, created all these celebration and milestone markers that have become annual rituals for her and her family. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's nice to know that you can color outside the lines with your family. Like it doesn't have to be what your parents did. Yeah, it, it, it literally can be what you create. Um, what you can take bits and pieces of what your family or your parents have done, but ultimately like you can create your your own, you know, annual rituals. And I think through this process, I, at first, when I drew the line in the sand, it was like, I'm not making any rituals because (laughs) I don't want to commit to anything. And I don't want to feel obligated to do anything five years from now. (laughs) (laughs) But now it's, it's funny. Like I, I noticed you're like, you want, you crave that more now yeah. than, than you have ever before. That's true. But it is on your terms. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is important. And, right. And for the health of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What are you trying to say? <laughs> get pretty crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, what's your take on that? Like, do I you think... have an opinion? Like, do you feel any certain way about this subject or not really? Well, I, to touch on what you just said, like, I just think it's so short of time that we have with our families and the family unit is just such a cool, diverse thing. You know, like you have, you create these little humans that mm-hmm. become part of your tribe and you only have so long with them. Right. So having like, like you said, rituals and like, it just creates more memories. Right. Like I, I can only imagine in 10 years, you know, when we've done all these different family trips and, you know, 
setting goals with them and accomplishing all these things, like they're going to have so many great memories to look back on. And I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think it's also seeing the joy through their eyes as they're yeah, experiencing it too. Of course. So, and getting back to older generations and how things were done differently in the different culture, you know, my grandfather and grandmother on both sides were married until were married until death do them part you know yeah um, both so both your mom and your dad's parents yes were together until one of them passed yeah and never remarried um after that so same yeah both my mom and my dad's parents yeah yeah and i bet if we polled most of our listeners I, I guarantee you it would be like 80 to 90% rate that both of their grandparents too. Right. Um, it, it's just different time, different um, standards and different culture. Yeah. Know? We know as children from divorced and separated parents, what it's like to go through. Our right. parents don't know that, what it's like. No, no. So it's interesting. Yeah. To go from parents that weren't divorced to now parents that, are divorced and they're not very uh, sure about what they're putting their their children yeah. through. Well, like when we were discussing this episode, you know, doing it, we kind of mentioned the word burden. Yeah. <laughs> How it it can be a burden. Right. For sure. Because what if your parents separated or divorced parents don't get along? Yeah, and they're just like What if cats and dogs? Um, one is okay and the other one is not and you have these major life events like having a baby um, a wedding and all you're thinking about is where am i going to seat them yeah. like right just causes so much anxiety right when it shouldn't be like that right. on a day of you know joy or, or whenever the celebration is, for sure yeah so yeah i think people nowadays are are either aren't getting married at all because yeah. I think people now have a different view of what marriage is and mm -hmm. what it stands for um, or they're waiting much longer. Yeah. So Which I think it's good. Healthy overall. Yeah. But I, I think when we look at, you know, the cycles there, there's bound to be, I mean, I don't think it'll ever be as strong as it was before, you know, forties, fifties, sixties with them staying together. But I do believe there'll be a resurgence in, you know, staying married as, as being a trend. Um, like you said, people are making wiser decisions. They're more, especially coming right. from divorced parents. I think, I, I think we feel like we we're not really looking to break or, you know, to, to start that cycle with our kids. Um, right. Of course, you never know what, what's going to happen in, in life, but yeah. Um, we're very conscious of, especially after doing this research. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, we're not advocating for not getting divorced or separated. Yeah, like we said at the beginning, this is, you know, purely our research. And from our enlightened experiences. Exactly. Um, so if you guys made it this far yeah. to the end of this episode, maybe you resonate with, with having divorced parents. Or yeah. separated parents and uh, maybe you know someone else that does that may as well um so why don't you send this to them and help us spread the word by um 
liking, sharing. <laughs> okay, we don't have a YouTube channel. <laughs> I have one. I'm just kidding. I watch too much YouTube, guys. You do, you do. Maybe one day we'll, we'll get a YouTube channel. Sure, but share the podcast. Please, if everyone was just to share it with one friend that they thought might you know, get some value out of it. Please um, do so. Or if you want to tag us on Instagram, we're yeah. at The Gorgeous Podcast. We'd really appreciate um, a review as well if you have not done so. We love reading them. And until next time. Stay inspired. <laughs>